is Will Tinkin. Thanks for listening to the Bitter Comics Comics Podcast. And here's your host, JT Foreman. Good job, dude. Can I have a high five? Yes. Good job. That's really nice. Hello, and welcome to episode 121 of the Bitter Comics Podcast. I am JT Foreman, and I am here with two very new, very good friends. Please welcome the amazingly hilarious Anna Valenzuela. Hi! And the also amazingly hilariously Nick Petrillo. Hello! Thanks for doing the podcast, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Uh, well, we, we begin once again with our opening segment. JT was a real prick last week, in which I apologize for the cruel, offensive, and probably racist things I said last episode. Now, this is episode 121, so for my insensitivity in episode 120, I would like to apologize to black people, all Van Dams, flyers, and toothpicks. If you'd like to know why I'm apologizing to each of these things, check out episode 120 and all our previous episodes at bittercomics.podbean.com. If you would like to uh, subscribe to the podcast, first have your head examined, and then go to that website, scroll down a little bit, and on the right-hand side there are buttons to click on to subscribe using iTunes, Google, or my Yahoo, or just go to the iTunes store and look up Bitter Comics. And if you feel I owe any additional apologize, or to send any comics... Comment. Send us an email to bittercomics at hotmail.com and in the subject line, please put quit whining and just do it. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. I have so many questions about that intro. Okay. okay first off, Hotmail. You're still on Hotmail. Yes, I'm still it's on 2016. Hotmail. 2016. Uh, what can we do to get you a new Gmail account? <laughs> um, I have an AOL account. I okay. Mean, I don't understand. You two are so old right now. I think uh, you just gave me menopause. You, you just I, gave me menopause. Yeah, shit. <laughs> You know, I, I've, I've, I've always felt that women's medical terms had too many male pronouns in them. Okay. Like menopause? Yes, it should be womanopause. Okay. It should be gallinecologist. Okay. It should be hersterectomy. Hersterectomy. Yes, shouldn't you get a sorogram uh, instead of a mammogram if we're doing reversals here? Probably, I guess. I, mean, I don't like the idea of a surrogram because that would be like... That's just just being felt up. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. That's just being felt up. They do that anyway. By the way, they do that. And then also Van Damme. What do you got against Van Damme? Well, there was a picture. Last episode I did uh, with uh, Chris Cruz, who uh, you saw tonight. Um, I I recorded it over at his place. He had an autographed picture on the wall that looked like John Claude Van Damme, but was not John Claude Van Damme. Uh-huh. And so I said, hey, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, but what's the autograph? It doesn't say Van Damme. And it was a wrestler whose name I don't recall. Oh. Um, so next week I'll have to find out who that wrestler's name yeah, was. Yeah, you've got to find that out. Like, uh, for wrestlers are a big yeah. deal in yeah. the, the podcasting community. Absolutely. That's a, that's a thing. Absolutely. You can get in on some of that sweet, sweet pro wrestling downloads. Absolutely. You can do that. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm sorry. I've totally screwed the conversation. That's oh, okay. Let's, let's well, the, the other uh, apologies were flyers and toothpicks. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Really yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what was the thing about comedy flyers? About how they all they don't work. Uh, have you guys booked? Uh, have you guys promoted shows? I know you performed in many, of course. Yeah. Have you ever promoted shows shows of your own? Yeah. Uh, even if it's just an open mic, did you ever use flyers? No, I didn't. Okay. I never no. pronounced. That one. means you didn't waste a bunch of time, mm-hmm. right. because and and a bunch of money, right. because they are useless. I. I 
I, I did a show where I printed up. Uh, I, I, I used to do a monthly show at this coffee place, and I printed up. I'd print up a couple hundred flyers each time, and I would leave them at the coffee place, and I'd hand them out, and it it did nothing. Uh, having a couple of posters in the spot where you're doing the show helps. Yeah. Um, and word of mouth was the uh, me talking to people, and the owners of the place talking to people was the only thing that sold tickets. And and uh, you know then some people at work and, and such. It, the flyers are useless. Well, I noticed in my Bar- experience. Barmageddon that flyer for a different location, that Oildale show with Kyle Kinney. Kyle Kinney's going to fucking Oildale. I just want to drive out there and just see what that's like. Yeah, that's, that's gotta true. Be Oildale is uh, Oildale is exactly what you would think it. Uh, uh, I've, I've been it's there. exactly what you would think a place called Oildale yeah. would be. I used to live <laughs> in San Luis Obispo. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I was I was there for a show once a few years ago, and you know the show was great. Uh, everyone uh, everyone in the audience was was cool, but it was also like being in uh, a redneck version of Texas. <laughs> Uh, a redneck version of Texas, yes. like a rednecker. Is yeah. it more redneck, more extra more, redneck? Yeah, it's extra yeah. redneck. It's like, like yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's magenta neck. Magenta. So, yeah, Something exactly. Like that. Well, I do have to say before we continue uh, with any commentary on the beautiful city of Oilville, if you'd like to book me, uh, yeah. you can find me on Facebook at Anna Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> My Gmail account is. <laughs> I love the Rocket Shop Cafe. That place is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, Shut your mouth, there. JT. I love it. That'll be your next apology on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apologies like to Oildale. I'll apologize to Oildale. Olive you know, all of Oildale. You know, anywhere, and anywhere that has oil in the name. There's just oil you know, and I'm, a guy named Dale. That's yes. it. If that's it's that's it. Oil. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm even going to apologize for, to Pennsylvania. <laughs> just because of pens oil. Wow. See, just so I, I, I want to make riff. sure it's all covered. Hot riff, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reaching. I'm reaching. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we just uh, um, we just did uh, a few a few shows uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, together in the last few days. Uh, it, it, uh, Thursday night at Mother Mary's, uh, you guys uh, did the, the feature show after the open mic, mm-hmm. and uh, were amazing. And then Friday night at Mother Mary's, you guys did that. You know, you featured and headlined in the, in the show there. Were even more amazing. And then, of course, tonight uh, here in uh, Tulare, yeah. we just did the Barmageddon show. Barmageddon. And you were even more amazing than that. It was it was it was really awesome. Uh, and you hosted. I, you know, this You're is such the, a good host. Thank you. I, I uh, this is this these past three nights was the first time I'd ever seen you guys. And you know, I, I don't get down to LA a whole lot, so I don't know people in the scene there. So I never. I, I hadn't hadn't heard of you. You're amazing. Uh, yeah, both of you are really hilarious. Yeah, it's that's one of the great things about um, th- that I've loved about doing stand-up comedy is that like I feel like I'm getting kind of an inside track on 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 it because I get to see people that are gonna be on TV in in four years, you know, and and that are gonna you know because ten ten years from now you guys are gonna have your friends or whatever, and you're gonna you're gonna be on your sitcom. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I talked to them at Denny's once. What about your sitcom? Oh, I actually do have an idea for a sitcom that I think would be pretty cool. What would it be? Um, it, it's it's sort of a combination of the odd couple and the IT crowd. Okay. Uh, uh, a, uh, uh, a a biker dude who was in jail for, for, for making meth 
and a gangsta from the streets yeah. uh, was in jail for assault. The two of them get out of prison at the same time and are both sentenced to the same um, job, tra- among other things, part yeah. of their patrol, job training. They end up in an IT class. Yeah. Together, okay, and they you know they end up as, as you know partners. The first season would be them going through the IT training, okay. and then the second season would be them ending up at a job at the same place. So I guess in that in that way it's sort of like bosom buddy. But you know two people who are totally you know they, they have similarities that they're both you know former criminals, but totally different. That one is you know the, one's a you know biker and the other's uh, you know the gangster from the yeah. streets. And, and now they're both so. going to Devry. So, which yeah. is great. That's really That's, funny. I, like I, that. I thought I'd put him into City College, really. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. You've got to write that spec script now yeah. before somebody else gets it out there. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said it on the, on the podcast. No, now you have it on the podcast, which means now you they have, know yeah. it's yours. You have a record. So. Well, that means I need to tell you all my movie ideas on the podcast, too, so that some, someone can't steal all of those. <laughs> is that what you. But this <laughs> podcast is. Too. This isn't about me, this is about okay, you guys. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, so you guys do a stand up comedy. Uh, uh, Nick, you've been doing it about six years. Six years. And you've been doing it for three ish? Oh, that's such a compliment. I've been doing it for 15 months. Okay, for yeah. 15 months. Yeah. I, and she's already funnier than me. I, bitch, I. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's not true. You're <laughs> Thank you. You're I, hilarious. No, you. Know, I um. I, I don't know. I I uh, I didn't. I I didn't go to LA and I need to. You know, I mean, really, for my, for and me personally, for my comedy career to continue beyond the point it's at right now, I need to be in New York City or Los Angeles. I just didn't. Um, so it's not going to go anywhere until that happens. So and and you know, I, even though this is called the bitter comics, I'm I'm actually not bitter about about my comedy. I'm bitter about everything else in my life. But I'm not bitter about comedy. Well, I, I love doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. When you move to L.A., you might have moments of bitterness. Because it is, even even in the, I've been there for four months. I moved up probably too soon. Uh, but it, in a lot of ways, it's helped me get a lot funnier. Um, it's pushed me to do more. I was living in the Long Beach, Orange County area. And the Orange County comics can't say enough. Uh, they, they made me funny. And they pushed me really hard. And, yeah. Um, so, but when you're in LA, it can be a bit grim. Uh, it's a lot of open mics. You have a lot of ability to practice and work and hear different comics. But it can be the open mics themselves are very different than the show environments that you have here. Well, These crowds are just, the, I mean, they're just lovely. The I've couple eaten times, yeah, the couple times I've been able to go down, okay, I drove down to, to L.A. to try to get up at the uh, the potluck store, the comedy store, seven times. Mm-hmm. I got up four. And I'm told I did really well. Wow. Holy crap, getting up that many four. times. I've, I've, I've lived there and I've only done it three times. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's really good. Look at you. The, the first time I, I went drove down there, I did not get up. Uh, the second time I did, the third time, uh, someone... Uh, who knew someone said, "Hey, give this guy a few minutes," and then I got heckled by the MC. Uh, who was the host? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. You know, it's uh, some really pretty kid with dark hair. I, I can't remember his name. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I just and he he said something like, "So, what do you think with the first? He, he's got a microphone in his hand and he's sitting down in the audience." 
And he's like, so what do you think the first mistake was? Making fun of gays or making fun of black people or making fun... And I, I said, I think the first mistake I made was doing this for an audience who's too stupid to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Looking straight at him. And all of the comics in the back of the room, yeah! And all the other audience members, yeah! They, they all loved that I was giving, giving, the, giving the host a, a hard time. That's the toughest room and that's not even if, for your listeners who don't know the pot I mean I, I'm new to comedy you should be explaining this I don't know why I'm the one laughing about it yeah shut up woman <laughs> the she can explain it just as well as I can. Uh, the potluck is basically um, a bunch of comics. They sign up for uh, a three-minute spot. There'll be anywhere between 100 comics that sign up, anywhere between 60 to 100, and maybe 15 will get picked. And you're hoping that the manager of the club, uh, the talent manager, somebody sees you and... Looks up from their phone and if they're looks, in the room at all. Yeah, looks yeah. up from their phone yeah. and uh, actually pays attention to your set because the... You know, then uh, once you get past that, you move on to like friends yeah. and family. You get close to becoming a regular at the club. That's the first step. And by so. the way, I don't fault them for looking at their phones and doing other stuff because yeah. it's they they are drowning in the best and worst stand up comedy. Yeah. In, in that place, and yeah. so um, it's it's well, we watched you know. a, we watched one guy. Uh, hopefully, he'll come out here, Brian Simpson. Yeah. We watched him uh, really take those opportunities and. and uh, he's doing very well there. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's uh, you know they say it, it it's it's about being lucky. I don't know. That, I'm sure I'm sure that's a lot of it, but it's also constantly putting yourself in a position where you can get lucky. It's like uh, living here in Clovis. I'm never going to get lucky and be seen. Here's the so I need to be there. At, at the very yeah. least, go down go down there. You know, for some. Uh, well, the first time I ever performed was uh, January '99. Oh wow! Um, and uh, yeah, you yeah, gotta get down there. I, yeah, that was when I first got out of the Navy. I, I, okay, I'm gonna pause this uh, for a second while we get our food here at Denny's from the lovely Candace. Thank you, Candace. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Eat at Denny's. Denny's. Sponsored by Denny's. Hey, this is JT Foreman again, and that sizzling you hear is my loaded bacon and potato skillet uh, from here at Denny's. It's my my favorite uh, meal here because there's broccoli in it, so I get to pretend I'm being healthy. That looks like but it's covered in cheese, so it tastes bacon good. and bacon and bacon, and so it tastes delicious. But uh, let's see, what were we talking about before? About you need to move out. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, usually, um, like, moving into... At the very least, I need to go down there at least a couple times a month. Oh, because uh, developing inside, in areas outside of L.A., are amazing. Um, yeah. San Diego, Fresno, a lot of those places, they're great places to develop because you're going to get access to more time quicker. Yeah. But once you get to a certain point, then that's when you need to make the switch. Yeah, well, like, when I first started doing comedy, I did it at one time in New York, uh, just after I got out of the Navy. I lived in Seattle for a year and a half. There were two, two full-time comedy clubs in town. Uh, the uh, the Comedy Underground, they had two open mics a week at the time. They would put 15 people up at each one, and you got three minutes. And at uh, um, there were two open mics at uh, um, Giggles Comedy Club. And he would he would give you he would give you five minutes, uh, but in you know, and then usually uh, usually actually everyone would get to go up. But you know, in 
in Fresno, there's there's so fewer comedians that you know the the amount of stage time you get is just you know right. way above and beyond that. Because like, there's an open mic Monday nights that I do at, at uh, Grog's, and people usually get five or six minutes at that. And then uh, Tuesday night open mic, people usually get about five minutes at the, the go. Thursday night the open mic, people usually get four or five minutes, depending on how many people show up. So, yeah, I mean, outside of L.A., you can get a lot more stage time to, to practice more. And But you will get to a point where... Um, without being in the entertainment environment where you can get um, uh, better better criticism from people who are knowledgeable of it yeah. uh, you, you, you kind of hit a point where oh, wait, no, I, got it. You know, I, I don't know how much better you, you can get yeah yeah, and, and you can but uh, yeah uh, developing one thing, but then you need a place where there's opportunities, and yeah, yeah. Then you got to go down to L.A. Yeah, and there, that is definitely another thing. Is that you know I, I I'll, I'll get some occasional work here and there, living in Fresno, doing comedy at one nighters and stuff. But if I ever want to get on the club circuit, if I ever want to work colleges, if I want to ever want to get on a TV show, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do that from Fresno. Yeah, yeah. very hard. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, take trips down there. Uh, do, do what I do and live on a couch. <laughs> one way Can I share it. the couch with you? Yeah. Mm. There's already sure. a cat. You shed less hair than the cat, so yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, not that much less. For anybody He's that's li- like a bear. for anybody He's that's listening, like JT just lifted his shirt and showed us that his chest hair is a solid twelve thousand thread count. I, I think. Did you guys hear it? I could hear it. It was. We just saw the revenant. That was like a revenant flashback. Mm-hmm. Didn't beautiful. you hear the breeze rustling through? It did. Yeah. It, absolutely. Um, I, I I would be considered a bear. He has traditions, and thank you, by the way, for for taking me out on to features. This has been this is my first feature road gig ever. Mm. Yeah. Do they have? A, do you know who David Tribble is? Yeah. Do they have uh, people who have work like his in LA, where they do like three and four days road road yeah. trips? I hear about him. Yeah, uh, uh, I uh, I don't know much about it. I mean, yeah, they there's I I don't know. I wing it, man. I, I'm winging so much of this. People, well, I, for I, those of you who don't know, David Tribble is a, a a guy who books comedy shows all over the Pacific Northwest, um, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Washington State. It's just uh, Northern California, just all over the place. They're and triple runs, right? yes, they're called triple runs, and it, what it'll be is. You'll have four shows, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. But, like, Wednesday night will be in Boise, Idaho, and then Thursday night will be in Miles City, Montana. And Friday Friday will be in Butte, Montana. And Saturday will be in 
Spokane, Washington. So it's like you, you know, it might be a, a six, eight, or ten hour drive in between each gig. And then of course you get there, and if you're the opener, people are like, "Oh wow, you got paid fifty bucks for just doing ten minutes." Says, "No, I got paid fifty bucks for driving ten hours." We're spending a hundred bucks on gas. Yeah. 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 The, uh, um, they don't really, as far as her rooms in L.A., yeah. there's nothing like that. No. Every room in L.A. is going to be independently run uh, by most likely a comic. Um, so, um, and if they're not, that's the thing, if they're not run by comics, they have a very high percentage chance of being terrible because they don't know. Or hard to get into. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. hard to get into or... You know, uh, well, I, I imagine a lot of the comics are running shows because they got tired of not being able to get on them. Yeah, this sort of the. And so, like, all right, forget it. Uh, hey, you have a small area in the back of your laundromat. Can I put on a comedy show? Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah, we're doing so great. Good. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Brought to you by Denny's. <laughs> um, yeah. What happens is, I mean, that's the, exactly why people start mics and start yeah. shows. So like, That's oh, why well. Danny started doing his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Danny, man, she uh, so good. He's the guy that booked the uh, the shows that uh, these two lovely uh, people uh, performed at the last three days. Well, he's also the reason why I have to put myself on a diet. Oh my god, as I eat French fries. As yeah. you eat French fries, yes. This is the last day. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing: is that you you watch your diet during the week, and the weekends you just don't worry about it. Oh man. Yeah. So spoiled. And remember, calories on vacation don't count, right? Oh, there we go. Isn't that, isn't that how it works? Tell that to my waistline right oh now. Oh, my God. Like, it's it's just, a, uh, such, a, I mean, such a good cook. Uh, He's the best. Yeah. He's yeah. the absolute best. Danny's the best. Yeah. Mm. Look, yeah, man, you just have to uh, go down, hang out in shows, you know, and that's it. And as you get around more and more in L.A., but again, I'm not one that really... Okay. You're just there, and then they recognize you. And what well, have either of you gotten in at anywhere like Comedy Store, Improv, Laugh Factory? Nope. I know guys. I know who, both of you have, been, have at least done uh, uh, the roast battles at Comedy Store mm-hmm. once or twice. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really interesting thing because anybody can do them. <laughs> yeah. But if you do well at them, it can it can really help you. Mm-hmm. And if you're terrible at them. The entire industry is watching you bomb in a very specific way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, you know, in in Fresno, it got to where I was getting a little sick of roasts because people were throwing them for themselves on their birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like, you know, it's it's not like thinking, well, you. Uh, if you haven't been doing the comedy for 25 years and, and you know, you're know you in the Hall of Fame, you haven't earned it, so you don't get to have a roast. Uh, even though that's how it, I, I, it sort of started as, as kind of a lifetime achievement award. At least that's the impression I've gotten out of it. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's... It, it just it, it, it felt like in Fresno anyway for a while it was, it was really being overdone. It felt like every month or two there's another roast somewhere. And, and, and you know, people would... Hey, it's my birthday. I'm gonna have a roast. Yeah. You know, you can't throw. It's like, hey, I'm gonna have a surprise party for myself. Yeah. You know, that just seemed kind of ridiculous. I think <laughs> if there are people throwing themselves a lot of roasts, they should watch Roast Battle on Periscope because it'll give them an idea of how roast jokes are written. Um, I remember the first time I went, I was like, I can't. And the, the roast battles, like, basically the movie Eight Mile with Jokes with the sort of loose boxing rules that advanced and changed at every, every event. 
Yeah. Uh, but like Nick, both times Nick did it, I'm speaking for you, you can just tell me to <laughs> shut up. Uh, Dave Chappelle was one of his judges, and when I've done it, I've had some incredible comics. Um, my second time I did it, Hannibal Burris was a judge, and he was one of my heroes, mm. and that was... So it's an interesting skill, but it's just, it's a joke writer showcase. What yeah. you're saying is, hey, um, people in Hollywood, I can write jokes, and I can write these very efficient jokes. Um, the word economy is key, yeah. and... Um, and just there's a there's a specific sort of brilliance to them, um, but it's it's a it's a lot of work that generally doesn't end up in your act. Yeah, um, yeah. At the at, if it does, it's usually kind of secondary. Yeah. What'll happen is, like, uh, it'll start to affect kind of joke writing and other stuff. Like, yeah. like your riffing becomes a little bit, t- and it it starts to leak over. It just strengthens that muscle. So sometimes the crowd work will be a little bit different. Yeah. And uh, and so it starts to starts to affect that, but you know Well, well I mean some of the, um, I am sorry, I interrupted go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it just it just has um, it, 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 it'll affect your stand-up in an indirect way because you're not yeah. exactly writing jokes you're going to carry over right. into a normal set. Yeah. But but who knows? Maybe there's that time that you know you're an opponent that you faced. There was something that you could have said about him that, that you didn't like. I had a whole bunch of if like if there's a guy in the in the audience that looks like one of my former opponents, I can be like, oh yeah, boom, this this this. But that, that's about as directly as it'll affect it. But indirectly, it makes your joke writing tighter yep. and you're looking for bigger turns and you're learning how to shift words in order to maximize your punchline. I so. learned so much from the experience. And I got more confident. My joke writing got more direct. I used to take these big long setups and do all this stuff and I started cutting material. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, word, word economy is a, it was a really big deal in, in, uh, in writing stand-up. Uh, I mean, I've, I've agonized over one or two words at times when I'm just trying to find a way to make it as short as possible with it, and, and, and it, it, it makes it funnier as long as you don't cut out too much. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, and, it, and I wasn't trying to say that all of the, the roasts that have been done in, in Fresno have been bad. It's just for a little while, and it's, it's kind of calmed down since, but for a little while it, it seemed like they were just... People were just doing them all the time because they wanted to, you know. Yeah, there's like. Hey, I saw this. I saw this on Comedy Central, and now, hey, we're we're gonna do it ourselves. Were they fun shows? Uh, Some, some yes, some, some no. Um, You know, honestly, whether they were fun, um, and and I I I wasn't at all of them, so I can't I can't comment on the ones I didn't see. The ones I did see, you know, it was it depended on how good the uh, the person who was writing the jokes was. Yeah. Um, You know. the the best one of the of the ones that I went to was uh, when uh, um, this was six years ago probably was uh, a roast that, uh, for Terry Michaels birthday. Uh, Terry Michaels is a, a, a comic in Fresno. He's he's been doing it 26, 27 years mm-hmm. or something. And you know, he didn't do it for himself. Someone else decided they were going to throw a roast for him. Mm-hmm. And and because you know it's just, he's he's one of those you know the the. Uh, the the elder statesman of the Fresno comedy scene, if, if uh-huh. and and uh, um, that show was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but like uh, the the roast battles that you guys did, what what's one of your favorite jokes that you came up with when you're doing it? Uh, who was it? Who was it you were up against, and, and what was the joke? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Um, I think my two 
we did two two roast battles. My first one was against my friend Evan Cassidy, who I love that kid. Uh, he's amazing, great friend of mine, and one of my best friends in comedy. And uh, one of my favorite jokes against him was um, uh, Evan dated a girl f- from Kenya. Or uh, Evan's such a hipster, he dated a girl from Kenya just so he could say his AIDS were locally sourced. Um, and then against, actually my best one against Tim Groeschel, it was a rebuttal. Uh, he had actually said um, something about me living on a couch, which I was, but uh, he said something about living on a couch. He's a bigger guy with you know a huge beard, and so my rebuttal was, uh, I may live on a couch, but you look exactly like one. You're covered in animal fur, and everyone's trying to wonder how you're going to fit through the fucking door. <laughs> so, when that, when, so, yeah, so that was, that was the one that kind of shifted that first round into my favor, because he had a couple of jokes that were good, but when you have rebuttals, you know, that's what I was learning yeah. from some of the top roast battlers. If you have a good rebuttal against a strong punch that they have, it, can, it just completely tips it. Yeah. So, and to be able to tip the balance on the well, very last joke. On your yeah. feet is one thing. Is that you? Because I, I imagine you you prepare ahead of time. You oh. write stuff. But then <laughs> eighty to hundred jokes. While you're while you're right. sitting there and he's making fun of you, if if he says something and you think, oh, this is a great comeback to that, mm-hmm. then then it, it it really gives you a uh, an edge and, and it shows that uh, more than because uh, if you have a, a month or you know a week or however long they give you. To, to prepare, you know, it's easier to come up with with good stuff if you have a long time to get ready. Yeah. No. But if, if it's just right off the bat, and you think, oh, it, it, you you come up with a really good comeback that that that, that shows a little bit more uh, versatility, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about you, Anne? Or um, Anna? Okay. Uh, actually, I can't say it because we're gonna roast battle on the 16th. Okay. And I think one of the best jokes I've ever written is in the batch for you. Like, I can't. I was. I I, I was like. Well, I mean, have you done but, uh, roast battles? You've done others. I've done before. two, yeah. Um, well, just, uh, uh, the one, one from the one from the April battle that everyone really loved, and I really believed in it. Not a lot of comics did. Was um, April got an IUD, so the lonely family of spiders in her snatch would have a tree to decorate on Christmas. Um, and then the uh, the one, and I didn't get to deliver it against Rena. It was going to be my overtime joke. Was um, Rena always wanted to be one of the Canadian mounted police, but nobody wanted to ride a horse with Down syndrome. Because she looks like a horse with Down syndrome. That's what she looks like for real. Um, but I didn't get a chance to deliver it because I thought it was going to go to extras, and it didn't. So sometimes, like, there's an element to roast battle about strategy, and they just kind of change up the format for some of the roasters because they need to bring up more people because there's a lot of people. There's a few guys that are very, very good, and then there's a bunch of us that are very, very new. So they're trying to kind of training wheels us up yeah. to, the, to bigger main events. And so... Um, well, you know, the, the first, first roast that I did... I didn't really know most of the people who were on it, mm-hmm. so I, I I didn't really I, I didn't know what to do. So, I, frankly, I went to Facebook to their page to uh, look for uh-huh. things to talk about because I didn't know anything about the, the guys, and and uh, that gave me uh, uh, the 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 source for most of the the material that I ended up writing. Um, there's this one guy, Joe Simon. He has kind of a squeaky voice, and so what I what I said about him was that. He's he's a uh, he's actually a voice actor. He recently auditioned for the Chipmunks movie, but they said he sounded too cartoonish. Oh, that's uh. cute. And uh, um, it was uh, 
TK Kuchenbacher, he's, he's Armenian, and he, you know, he himself they talks have about Armenians being. Down here? They have Armenians out here. Uh, he, he himself talks about being cheap all the time, but when I looked on his page, his religion was Armenian Orthodox. Armenians are known as being really hairy. So it's, it's, it's a branch of Christianity that focuses mostly on the hairiness of its parishioners. Uh, to them, the great sacrifice was when Samson cut his hair. But my favorite one was a little bit of an inside joke, though. Because uh, he and I had had um, uh, a kind of a minor altercation uh, with someone who did not like white people doing jokes about black people. And he'd sort of thrown down the gauntlet on stage, so I went up there and I picked it up. <laughs> and But uh, at the, the roast, I said, you know, he, he doesn't like when white comedians do jokes about black stereotypes. But I went to his Facebook, and under likes and interests, he only has one thing listed. It's a restaurant called Come and Get It Chicken and Waffles. You know, <laughs> to be fair, if you want me to, chicken and waffles—that's universal. It is, it is delicious. Yeah. If, if you want me to avoid stereotypes, you got to give me something to work with. Uh, When's the last time you seen a chicken and waffle place in Beverly Hills? That's, that's very true. true. Yeah. that's very true. I, now, again, also in his defense, I—I uh, I ate it. Come and get a chicken and waffles. That's amazing. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. it, it would never <laughs> even occur to me that. Waffles with chicken and getting the maple syrup on the fried chicken would yeah. be any good. Delicious. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. amazing! It's incredible. Yeah. I when uh, I was there with with some guys and when they told us that they were going to be closing, and for some reason, what I blurted out was, "I'm going to have to get a buzz just so this can kill it." <laughs> but yeah, oh, it was it was great. It, it it was really weird though as a restaurant because they were only open Friday night. From 10 o'clock to 3 in the morning. Saturday from 10 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon. And Saturday night from 10 at night to 3 in the morning. And that was it. That was all of their hours. It was like they were trying to fail. Well, someone, it, it, someone, it was like they were trying was, to feed drunk people or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like they were uh, also storing drugs and they were a drug front. No, that's maybe. what that smells like. But, that, oh, there was, that, there was amazing. There was the... Uh, it was the best fried chicken I'd ever had. It was the best waffles I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And then having them together was absolutely incredible. Yeah. I, I was really, I was really bummed when they bring it, back. Bring, bring it back. back. bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. That would be awesome. <laughs> I used to go eat uh, Roscoe's in high school. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I actually Roscoe. did. I did eat there one time, and it, it's really, really good. Come and get it was better. Really? It really was. Oh yeah. But yes, come and get it was better. What are you saying is, right now? I'm saying that come and get a chicken waffles was better than Roscoe's chicken waffles. Okay, All right, I'm going to test my, this out. Here's my argument for food I wish up you here could. being good. Is that there is not a lot to do. So going to a restaurant could be your day's event. That's the coolest thing you're going to do all day. No, that's and true. so food is really good and people are kind of big. That's, yeah. that's how that, that works. Yeah, I can see that. So... And then everyone in LA is trying to make it and hate themselves, and that's why you have uh, food that tastes like cardboard. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And anything that tastes good is like really expensive. Yeah. God. Um, but uh, or really bad for you. Really, yeah. Really, really exceptionally bad for you. Yeah. What What other What other things? What other grumpy comedian things do you talk about? Um. What do you mean on on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, whatever comes to mind. I whatever. Mean, okay. Okay. Uh, I 
you know, this is something I, I haven't had a chance to talk about on the podcast what, what yet, but I wanted to. Okay, uh, first, I'm going to stop the recording and then start the recording again. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm a little worried that the battery's going to die mm-hmm. and it's going to lose the whole thing. Zoom, so, you make a beautiful recorder with a shit battery system. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so we'll be right back. Okay, so cool. Okay, um, what kind of vehicle do you have? I have a 2008 Honda Fit. Sport. I drive a 2001 uh, beige Honda Accord that's got no side mirrors. I have a 2015 BMW C650 scooter. Nice. Yes. You drive a better You're car a than me. Big dude on a scooter. It's a big scooter. It's yeah. a 650. I mean, okay. that's huge for a scooter. Uh, it is actually not here tonight because, uh, long story. I've got my uh, my girlfriend's van. Uh, um, how long have you been with your girlfriend? Uh, about a little less than four and a half years. Whoa. We're getting married in April. So. What? You have a fiance. I'm a fiance. Dude. Oh, uh, by the way, I still need a, a stripper for the bachelor party. I'm, if you're, are you available? No, sorry, no, booked no. up through forever. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I meant Nick. Oh, well, Nick, how about you? Yeah, since I'm the prettier one at this table. He actually look related. People have asked me if Nick is my brother. To come up to me and ask me if Nick is my brother. I'm like, I don't know this Muppet. Oh, are you shitting me? Connor Big Spadden thinks I'm a Muppet. Wow. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It's well, no. Um, we were talking about Metallica yesterday, ah. and she said Muppets, and it reminded me of the parody song I wrote, Master Muppets. Master Muppets. Yeah, yes. I knew where that was going. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Master Muppets. He wasn't that old. At only forty-five, he died of a cold. Yeah, that would be my. Jim Henson favorite. died of pneumonia. Considering how okay. sick you get, I have been. I have, by the way, comedy is killing me. I have been sick. I think I've been healthy seven days this winter. Yeah, and it just happened. Yeah, and then I got here and I was like, I'm. See- I had to run out and buy cold medicine. Yeah. Uh, she gets really sick after you know anything. Her vagina absorbs the souls of nine men. <laughs> the um. Uh, <laughs> what? It's your joke you tell it on stage. I'm just tagging it. Yeah. Uh, Please tell me that you are not another woman that I've just met that I'm about to be told she used to be a real star. No. Actually, no. I um, I have a weird... Uh, I got clean and sober when I was uh, 20. And I was in a relationship for six years and then another relationship for four years. So I was basically with two men my entire 20s. And no, I was with well, two it men. Well, it's, it's amazing to me how often I have been told right after meeting a, a, any, yeah. a particular woman for the first time, she used to be a real soul. That's and a all, weird thing all of to the do. time which I would Is that a small town thing? I, I, so possibly. I think but I, I would all, all that all that with like why did I have to meet her now? All that means is I used to be 20. So yeah. that's just what that means. It's People just, be fucking. Everybody. Men and women be fucking and well, I think that's totally okay. I, 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 I saw on the front page of the Fresno Bee, single parent statistics skyrocket in Valley. Okay. First. After which I thought to myself, Jesus, I am the only one not getting laid. Let's unwrap this for a second. First off, you have a fiance. So, by the way, any open micer that has any shit to talk about this man, I just want you to remember, he has a fiance. Someday he's going to have a wife. 
That's yeah. a thing. You're going to go home and jerk off. Just saying. Well, so. I'm going to go home and jerk off too, but... <laughs> but at, at least I have someone to be upset at me for. There yeah. you go. Well, there's, there's like... There's that. But I, I think that, like... First off, let's unwrap that. The Fresno Bee. So the Fresno Bee isn't exactly a super... Like, it's not It's not Reuters. It's not, it's not CNN. It's definitely... It's definitely a news source that's probably biased in a specific way. Um, and then secondly, uh, it's also the Central Valley. And when you're from a like I grew up in a really small town, and when you're from a place that isn't very big, there isn't a ton to do, and you kind of end up with the people around you, and uh, you get, well, see, when I got a- girls getting... Girls get knocked up. When, when I got out of high school, I joined, I, I joined the Navy and left. For yeah. Year, so. Yeah, you found a way out. Um, and then I ended up coming back because um, I'm an idiot. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, no, actually, I came back to go to school. Um, and then, but, uh, you know, the, it, it just, uh, that paper is a, is about Fresno. And you know, there was an yeah. article about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's owned by the Tribune Company. I'm, I'm and I only sure. know that because anyway, sorry, I'm a dork. Mm. I think. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where we were going with that. But look, uh, look. oh, you were saying uh, you were asking me if I was a girl who's going to reveal that I used to be a no, slut. No, no, it, it, that someone is going to tell me. That. Well, uh, you know, the, and that, and this is and actually this is that is not a comment about the women. That is a comment I think about the men because I have been told. By at least one guy, referring to just about every woman I've ever known, she's a slut. And um, what he's saying, some are, some are not. I'm sure. What he's saying, what he's I, saying is, I'm, I'm mad I'm, because she slept with everybody. Probably, but me. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I'm the or, or, one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mad because that she didn't sleep with me. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I have been told by. Uh, that about a number of women, she used to be a real slut. It, 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 it just seemed really. It, it seems so strange to me that you would bother saying something like that. You know, it's it's it, it's like, hey, you haven't got a shot. Is, is what they're telling you. You would have if only you'd have shown up six months ago. But sorry, Charlie. You know, that's what I'm hearing when they they say that. I'm like, seriously? See, and what the only time you could actually say that comment is when if she went from dating, if she went from dating a lot, dating a lot of guys, or seeing a lot of dudes, or sleeping around, or whatever, and then became born again Christian and now doesn't do that at all, then in that case, what you can say is she used to be fun. So uh, you just leave her right there. And well, you know, it it might be that she just. Was experimenting, found the best one, and yeah, went with that. That's it. You yeah. know, because some of the times it's been someone who is now with a person in a monogamous relationship. It's yeah. like, well, you know, they were just looking for the best one, and they feel they found it. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of that kind of talk with comics, kind of, because there's it's probably about seventeen to twenty percent women in the entire if that if, if that, that. In the mean, entire in, in, comedy community. Yeah. Suddenly, you're the bell of the ball, like yeah. you. It's the weirdest. It's it's so much attention at first, so quickly, and I'm an old. I'm 33. I'm not, and I'm not like a. I'm not like a size two chick. I'm super ethnic, and I got a nose that you could, you know, hang you, your keys on. Um, so like, see, it's I, I, you're not an unattractive one. 
I mean, you yeah, you're not a supermodel. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> a supermodel. But you, you, are, you are very attractive. Oh, I, thank you. I'd give you an 8. In, in Fresno, you're a 10. You're a Fresno 10. I am a Fresno 10. You were talking 10. about that earlier. You hear that, LA? I'm a Fresno 10. Uh, Take that, no. you dick. <laughs> what, what are you in LA? Probably a 4. A 4? Uh-huh. Okay, There's so, a lot of bonkers, beautiful so, women. So, so you're a, a Bakersfield 7, because I think it just... It, it moves a Bakersfield 7? Well, see, yeah, here's I'm going to take thing. umbrage with that. I'm you're under two way. bills, you, motherfucker. You're, you're, you're a Fresno 10. Uh-huh. If you're in LA 4... Then Bakersfield is halfway, so you got to. That's geographically. Have you been to Bakersfield? No, actually, I think it's just a huge drop after you get through the grapevine. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's once <laughs> once you stop wondering if you're on the set of The Hills Have Eyes, yeah. then you, you immediately. Well, and, the, and this right down. here is another thing: is that no guy gives uh, in comedy, especially no guy gives a shit whether they're a one or a ten. <laughs> you just got to be funny. You have to be funny and good looking. It, yeah, it's, it's it's insane, uh, but. Um, uh, I, I do wish there were more female comedians because I'd like to see the other perspective a little more often. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's I, a. It, we were just talking about this earlier. I think there's like a social. It's just been such a social swing that we've had to make. If you think about the last hundred years, women only got the right to vote in like what the twenties or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah. So like that, and then once you get you get, you know, being told. All your life. We have a segment of the population. Let's just forget the fact that we're splitting it up between men and women. You're taking a segment of the population, a large segment of the population. 51%. 51%. And you're telling them, no, you don't act this way. Do this, do that, do that. Yeah. Oh, boys will be boys, but you act like this. Yeah. So now what you're doing is you're cutting that off. It's the same thing like, dude, uh, not teaching women to read in the Middle East is fucking insane. Yeah. Because think about it. You're talking about a bunch of minds. We're losing ideas. We're lo- you're literally yeah. losing yeah. ideas, and it's a stupid thing. And to think about all the, we've got, we had Joan Rivers, but think about if you actually nurtured that, think about all the other comics we could have had. Think about all the other jokes we could have had. If you well, know so. who did that, I'm going to shout out, listen to it today on Hound Hall, Cameron Esposito in Chicago taught classes for women specifically comedy classes for women and then fostered an open mic that was 50% representation which is crazy and it won awards and she had she's she's one of my heroes well if uh, if comedians if you're uh, a man becomes a comedian when they have low self esteem and a woman has low self esteem she becomes a slut so the so what, what what is what causes a woman to become a, a stand-up comedian? What what caused you you personally? What caused you to want to do stand-up? Comedy? It's kind of an interesting. Well, I don't and know. And actually, it wasn't low self-esteem that caused me to want to do it. I I, I saw Bill Cosby himself, uh-huh. and I, that's what I want to do. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, uh, for you personally, uh, Anna, what um, what what caused you to, to well, want to do stand-up comedy? I've always been a big fan of stand-up. Uh, you know, the, the low self-esteem thing is just a stereotype. Well, we all, we all are broken. You're just broken people. Well, um, you know what? I think everyone is broken. Yeah. I don't think there's a fixed individual. You know, there there was there was one individual in the history of the world, in the, in, in, in the last century, who really knew what they were doing in life, and that was Hitler. And that didn't turn out so good. He That's was crazy, but stance, he knew man. what he was doing. He knew what he was after. He knew I how to get it. Some really well-adjusted and, comics, and, and we like, saw how bad that fault. turned out. Yeah. I, I don't trust. I don't trust people who know what they're after, who know what they're doing. 
they're dangerous. You'll meet some people, especially in LA, you'll meet some comics that are like from good families that are well adjusted that like take yeah. care of their business and it's it's almost unsettling, like their yeah. their sort of commitment to mental like, that's health. That's not fair. Yeah. You're supposed to you're supposed to go to college to be a lawyer. What are you doing here? Uh, we know some retired lawyers. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Uh, well, Greg was a uh, went to Harvard Law or something. Yeah. Didn't he? Every yeah he did and he never talked about being a lawyer on stage. But yeah, yeah. every every field of everything that you can imagine, yeah. comics come from those. Yeah. So yeah. it it's it, it doesn't it's not that I, I don't I actually don't agree with the previous statement when men because that it, yeah. it's in everybody. Well, that is the stereotype. The, but, but, but I agree, you're it's, right. It's a stereotype, and I think it's completely false. The talent yes. the talent is in every person. So it's there. It's just in some people. It's just like it's it's in some people, and it's going to come out. But there's some people who just it's not encouraged. You know, for yeah. for the last hundreds of years, Shankar, look at a uh, perfect example. Uh, you like uh, sci-fi and horror? Sci-fi, yes. Horror, no. Sci-fi. Okay, I love sci-fi. I love horror. Neither of which the modern. Uh, versions of those, neither of which would exist if it wasn't for Mary Shelley who wrote Frankenstein on a dare with some friends. And it's because her father allowed her to sit in with his scientist buddies and she got to hear a lot of information. He taught her everything. Her mind clicked and she got it. Imagine if he told her, look, don't sit at the table. You're a this woman, isn't, you're not supposed you're, to be you're doing, you're be doing this. Be so selling we wouldn't yeah. have had Frankenstein and we wouldn't have modern sci-fi as it exists today. It just wouldn't exist. We would have been robbed. So yeah. now think about all the other things yeah, that we how many were other robbed women out of. There would have, so, how many other women out there, and, and men who, for whatever reason, weren't given an opportunity yeah. to, to do what they wanted to do, and, and they didn't get to. Yeah. And, and now we, we've we lost what they could have left behind. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 we interrupted you no, again. I, I apologize. No, you're what, good. what caused you to, to want to do stand-up comedy? Okay, so I... Um, now I'm going to ask you the same thing. I grew, I grew up... Uh, actually, my mom... Uh, my mom, who passed away, she was really into stand-up. And I grew up listening to everyone. She would listen to Carlin. She would listen to George Lopez. She would listen to the blue-collar blue comedy guys. Yeah. She would listen to... You know, um, Bernie Mac. She she listened to everything, and and just a complete democracy of taste. And we would go on road trips, and she just played that all the time. And when I, uh, as I grew up, I I developed like a specific. I always watched stand up on TV. Uh, I always loved like Bill Hicks and and those kind of comics. And then as I kind of grew up, it was just like a just a part of a thing I enjoyed. I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were on a road trip, actually, and we were sitting next to each other for the very first time we just had, and we started to talk about stand-up. And you know when you have that conversation about stand-up, and somebody says, oh, I love stand-up comedy, and you're like, well, it's about to happen, because you don't know if they like the same stuff that you like, and it might be an uncomfortable conversation, because they might adore a comic you don't respect, or something. And... All, all the boxes matched. We, we liked everything. Well, I mean, that, that is an issue with stand-up comedy is the, the lack of categorization that, like, has been done with music. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. And so uh, her and I started to... So two things happened. Her and I struck up a friendship, and we started to get tickets to things. We saw Marie Bamford. And then we saw Pat Oswalt work out his hour 
every single time he practiced it at Largo. And then we saw Mark Marin work out his hour uh, every single time he practiced it at the Sea Ballon Theater. And it was just cool. Like, watching these masters build an hour over a couple of months was really an incredible yeah. experience. And I didn't realize the education I was getting at the time. Um, and her and I started to hang out. I lose my job. I had been working at an autism center for two and a half years. I've been working in rehabs, mental health, um, group homes. I've basically broken people. That's my, or, you know, we're just different people. Because that was the thing that the autism guys taught me is that we're all just different. We're weird and we're crazy. And so I lose that job and it just breaks my heart. And so what she does is she goes, great, you're going to be on unemployment. I'm going to buy tickets to everything. And so we went to the comedy store for the first time. We went to all these different clubs. We went everywhere we could. And one night we're at the comedy store, and this comic goes up. And he's a, he's like a comics comic. He kind of abuses the audience. I think he's tremendously funny. And I chase him down, and I go, hey, uh, I really like... Is it uh, kind of a short, bald guy? No, big, tall, bald guy named David Taylor. Um, okay. And, and there's some miraculous things about that because generally when he first meets people, he can be very abrasive. He's always been kind to me, so I can't really say that. He's been abrasive to me as well, but um, he, he has kind of a reputation. So I run up to him after the show, and I'm like, hey, man, I really like what you do. It was really funny. And he said, oh, you're a comic. And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, only comics think I'm funny. And I said, but I think you're funny. And he said, because you're a comic. And then he walked away. He didn't give me a chance to rebut that. And at the time, I wasn't a comic. And then over a few months, people kept coming up to me, like in the grocery store, wherever they were like, oh, you're, you're a comic, right? I'm like, why would you think that's so weird? And then my therapist and I would be talking about some show I went to, and she'd be like, oh, you're a comic. Like, you should do this. You should do this. And so I ended up going to my very first open mic, which is a mic that he used to host in Long Beach. And, um, and he wasn't there at the time. Uh, and then I ended up hosting that mic. And then I ended up going to Orange County. One of the guys, uh, uh, Obi, told me about a mic in Orange County. And then I started to kind of branch out. And then Evan Cassidy and Tom Goss sat me down and they taught me how to grind, like how to go to multiple mics in a night. And then and then Tom would take me up to L.A. and it just kind of all snowballed very quickly. Like these very good guys really took me under their wing, gave me a lot of chances. Um, they were just trying to get laid. I hope not. I think I like. I'm, I think I built some really good friendships. I mean, the other thing is I'm older, so I kind of came in with this kind of mommy vibe, and um, and I didn't really know. Yeah, it they're until, all into that. <laughs> um, um, but until I didn't realize how bad it was until. Uh, people started to be like, oh, because like, I, I like to do things in a group. Um, well, I'm 43, so I've got the creepy uncle vibe. So yeah. There you go. And then um, before, I, before I wrap this up, there are two kind of elements of being clean and sober for a long time. I've, I used, I'm used to like sharing my business yeah, and like yeah. speaking at conventions in front of large crowds. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, I, I've been doing martial arts for over 11 years, and that discipline. And the ability, like when I bomb, I go off stage and I'm like, oh, remember that time that old Japanese guy beat the shit out of you in front of a crowd? Yeah. Like, I try to remember, like, I, I, I know I know what real, like, emotional pain hurts and the pain of bombing hurts, but I've been in physical pain in front of groups of people and been okay and come yeah. out the other side. And so 
that all of that kind of snowballed to like where I am right now. But like guys like Nick, like give me vouch for me and give me chances and, and I'm just so grateful. Like people people believe in me more that sounds so egotistical, I'm sorry, everybody throw up in your mouth, I'm so sorry. Um, but I, I feel so grateful that folks around me uh, believe in me and, and push me to do better and all of that. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, Nick, beat that. Uh, why'd I get into comedy? Pussy. Okay. That's it. That's it. Just, it still hasn't worked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Uh, Women like the funny guys. Nah, no, no, that's that's not. <laughs> you live like a samurai. Don't even. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I uh, <laughs> I just uh, I don't know. I just uh, I always like uh, joking around. Wanted to do it. Tried it. Once I tried it, it was addictive, and then everything else just sucks in comparison. Um, what I do on stage, uh, when I'm on stage, that's the only time my life is in control. That's the only time my life is yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, everything off stage is a complete, complete clusterfuck. You always feel so, out of place. You always feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You always feel like that you you're you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I feel as well. It's like I I, I never have a time where I feel comfortable in my own skin except. When I'm on stage telling jokes, even if they're not laughing. They say the world is a better. stage, and I'm like, no, the world no, no. is a stage. Bullshit. The stage is the stage. Trust me. The world isn't a stage. Yeah, the, the world if, is, if, a, is, a, is a, a targeting a target yeah. range. Yeah. If the world was a stage, I'd feel more comfortable off stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No. I just, uh, it's, that's where I want to be. Well, I, I was, uh, I was, I think, 12. I saw Bill Cosby himself, and uh, he looked... It looked like he was having so much fun, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And then I saw um, Eddie Murphy Delirious, and I was like, this dude's only 22 years old. Anyone can do this. And then I saw Whoopi, well, that, he was only 22, yeah. and there he is already. Yeah, age, you, know? age, you meet some incredibly talented yeah. younger people, and yeah. you're like, oh, heaven's sake. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I saw Whoopi Goldberg, Fontaine, Why Am I Straight? I, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that great. one. And uh, I was like, you know what, the, the jokes you say can mean something. And it, you know, it's, it only recently occurred to me. Hey, all three of them are black. But you know, their styles. Every episode. Probably. But and uh, the three of them are so wildly different from each other in their styles. And that, that was something I briefly mentioned: is the, the categorization of music, you know, rock, pop, and then each of those get gets separated, and each of those gets separated. And so, like you know, if we want to hear a certain kind of music you know where to go to, but you don't get the, you don't have that kind of categorization in stand-up comedy I do there's alts and clubs and yeah, uh, even that begins to blur the line especially when you start yeah. to each comic will talk about different stuff like you know you would say crowd work you think Lisa Lampanelli but Lisa now does you know is talking more about herself on stage so as it evolves over time you know, uh, as as each person evolves over time, their yeah. set changes so much. You know, David Tell. Uh, you know, you listen to like Skanks for All the Memories and some of the other stuff. These these well crafted jokes, um, and not that all his jokes aren't well crafted, but then he starts to talk more, bring more of himself up on stage. So everyone starts to change a little bit, you know, over time, and it gets harder and harder to classify. You know, yeah. so it's just. It's so hard to do that. Yeah. Well, like if, if you want to go out and, and hear rock music, you go to a rock club. If you want to go out and hear country music, you go to a country club. 
yeah. if you want to go out and well what kind of stand up comedy do you want to hear because unless you know the act who's performing yeah. Right. When you go to a comedy club, you don't know what you're in for. Yeah. Well, well kind of you do in LA a little bit. You know what well, you're in for when you go to Meltdown as opposed to the comedy well, store. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but you or... and I are comedians. It's 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 not the same when you or I go to a comedy show as it is when my dad goes to a comedy show. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, because he doesn't um, he doesn't know anything about stand-up comedy, uh-huh. and I don't know anything about music. Yeah. Well, so you know, it's like. It, I, I go see Motley Crue. I go see ACDC. It's in a, in some ways it's the same show. And but someone who knows music, no, no, it's completely different. But what I'm saying, even even inside that, even inside that, imagine being going like when Richard Pryor first made his transition from I'm the clean comic who was on Ed Sullivan, who was yeah. on these things, and you go to that first show where he just stopped giving a fuck and just spoke the truth. Yeah. Dude, you're like, this isn't. Are you shitting me? This is like, right. this is like Leonard Skinner playing Slayer. You're like, what just happened? I'm not. This is. This well, is not my it's thing. Like, it's like Master yeah. of Puppets versus Reloaded. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I can't believe this is the same band. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not the. It's just what's yeah. going on here, and so it completely changes, and it's, it is the most subjective thing. Yeah. So even those bands, when they come out with something, they can evolve over time. They usually keep some elements, something. But stand-up comics, and stand-up comics can keep the same themes and things going yeah. through, but um, but it can also be completely, vastly different from one performance to the next. Yeah. So. One special to the next. Yeah. yeah. Hell, even Remember, one performance to the next. There's guys like Russell Hicks, who are pure crowd work beasts, who, like, what you see in one show, you'll never see again. Because it's all on the spot, it's all in the moment, and it's all brilliant, but you're just... You're there for that one thing, and he'll never reuse the same joke. It's always on the on the spot. Remember, was it the night you battled Tim when uh, Chappelle went up in the OR? Yeah. And he toasted the audience, and he went up and he was like, I, I didn't really, I don't have anything prepared for you guys. Yeah. And he just sat on stage, and he, he it was the most bonkers, crazy when, when thing. He's, when he's not getting paid, he just goes up and he does crowd work, so... It was several years ago. It was 2011. I go to the Laugh Factory. We heard that he was coming out. He had been out someplace else. Me and my friends, we at the time, we split up. One was at the, uh, one was at the Laugh Factory. One was at the Improv. I was at the Comedy Store. And then we're, we're texting each other. Have you seen him yet? Have you seen him yet? Have you seen him yet? Finally, my buddy at the Laugh Factory goes, he's here. He's going up on Chocolate Sunday. He's going up in about 20 minutes. So I book it from the Comedy Store over to the Laugh Factory. He goes up at 11.30. He doesn't come off stage. I left at 5.30 a.m. and he was still on stage. Like, finally I just had to leave because I had work. But he never did any material. All he did was crowd work. Was it entertaining? It was. He's entertaining from the moment he stands up. It's so I've heard stories of famous comedians show up at the comedy store. Uh, You'd get on stage and not give up the mic for four hours. and, And frankly... Uh, just, just, just sit there and, and kind of crap on the stage. Mm. No. And, you know, everyone sits there and puts up with Never it because it. it's, and I'm not saying it's it's that person, but yeah. it's Dave Chappelle or it's Dane Cook or or whoever. You know, the, it, it's a famous person who got the, up there. And the only thing that. about Dave Chappelle's performance is that... And I don't know if those people specifically have done it. Yeah. I'm just using that as a name of someone who, if yeah. they showed up at a comedy club, yeah, here's the microphone, do whatever you want. 
The only thing with Chappelle's performance that was a little weird is that, you know, every comedy show, it's like from the moment we start to the moment, it's we're meant to go an hour and a half, right? We're meant, a comedy show is supposed to go 90 minutes, yeah. two hours max. When you start I, to yeah, the yeah. tonight show, I tried to yeah. keep it right at ninety minutes. Yeah, and, and I, I think I got right about it there. And when you when you break that, there's something that happens where, especially if you're bringing up comic after comic, when you bring up comic after comic, the crowd just gets tired and you yeah. sense it and they disperse or whatever. But when it's the same comic, there's this weird thing where he'll do callbacks in hour three to hour one, blow up the room. Then there can be like some some drops, especially since he's not doing material. Yeah. And the whole thing felt like uh, like the tail end of a mushroom trip. Like it had worn <laughs> off, and now we're trying to figure out what's next. You well, know what I mean? The, the first concert I ever went to of any kind was uh, when I was uh, Navy Station in Memphis, and I went and saw Gallagher. And he, he, he was supposed to be on stage for two hours, and the show was four and a half hours long. And it was... Was it entertaining? Yes, absolutely. Did he have enough watermelon? All the way through. Uh, you know, he only did the watermelon thing at the end, which is uh, like ten, five or ten minutes long. Really? And Yes, really. <laughs> and, and, I wanted yeah. four hours of watermelon crushing in this story. <laughs> well, you know, I, everyone makes fun of the watermelon thing because they are gimmicky or whatever. But it's actually a really clever commentary on those late night. Um, uh, That's true. If you ever get a chance uh, you know, to be, uh, uh, what do they call infomercial? Yeah. It really is. And, and and think of when he did that. Yeah. He, he was the first person to make fun of those infomercials. Yeah. Right when they started doing it. You know, we look at it now and, and we think it's it's quaint or or, or silly or whatever. Yeah. But actually, it it, it really is, and as something I have to say. Um, I have not met Gallagher in my life. I don't know what he's like, so all of the stories I've heard about him showing up at the comedy store recently and, and his his blow up at, at Mark Marin on his podcast. That was and, gosh, and, and that was a few years ago, but you should have you heard it? Whatever yeah, I have. Yeah. And I honestly Mark Marin was being kind of a dick. But he's kind of a dick most on, on a lot of his pod, on a lot of his podcasts. <laughs> he's an abrasive guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and um I, I think Gallagher is expecting more. Uh, he thinks he deserves more respect than he's getting, and to a degree, I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, from what I from what I read, he was the highest grossing touring comedian throughout the entire 1980s. So when comedy was biggest, he was the biggest. Yeah. So I I, I don't think he. Do you guys want me to take care of your ticket before I head out? We are currently paying the bill, so stick yes, with us. We are. Stick brought, with us. brought to you by Denny's. Uh, and Candace. Sure. And Candace. And she's the best. And Candace. Yeah, Make sure you come best. in and pester Candace and switch your order eight times as she's writing it down. At least. So she really loves that. Tip her yes, hands does. only. Tip yeah. her hands. Can I take yeah. a look at the bill really fast? Yeah. yeah. Let me see how much damage I did. All them gluten free bagels, yo. Um, yo. Gluten-free bagels, brought to you by Denny's. Yeah, they have those now if you have douchey... Denny's, are 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 you a genetic anomaly that can't eat real food? Come to Denny's. Do you want me to split it by seats? Please. Yeah, okay. So, this is for yours. We just paid with our sweet, sweet comedy money. And yours is $11.26. The fat water cash. You look like a drug dealer right now. 11.26, which means... Yeah, you know what? 
Probably yeah. we should get on the road soon. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, let me finish defending Gallagher. <laughs> um, he can defend himself. This is what he's got the mallets he's for. He's got man. a mallet hey, and watermelon. Hey, hey. Zing. He's um, on top of it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, people have forgotten about him. Yeah. Uh, people, no, nobody remembers him. And all anyone, you see, that's, that's a, a risk when you have something that becomes a gimmick like here's your sign, or you might be a redneck if, or get her done, or smashing watermelons. Yeah. Or, you know, if the people start to think of it as, as silly. I, I, I imagine Jeff Foxworthy doesn't do a whole lot of, of you might be a redneck if anymore. Yeah. I haven't seen him in concert recently, yeah. and I'm sure he, he'll, he'll have a couple of those just because there's going to be some people in the audience yelling for it if he doesn't. Yeah. But... He's uh, he's never he's never leaned on it. Yeah. Uh, and if he did lean on it, it, it at first he stopped. But you know Gallagher did kind of and he uh, did kind of lean on his gimmick uh, a bit because he put it at the end of every show and he never took it out of his act. Yeah. You, you I know because I I've seen like five or six different televised specials <laughs> where the entire rest of the show is different, but he has. Some variation on smashing watermelons at the end. I so, have never heard such a lengthy opinion on Gallagher's comedy in yeah. my life. No well, criticism. But well, the problem oh is he, the, pro- the problem is that he didn't evolve. That that's true. He, he didn't evolve. If if if, that's, if that he, is true. You're that's gonna true. you're gonna you're gonna have to you know if he if you know you have to snap out of that or and yeah. move forward. Uh, I, I tell, and that's the one thing like I tell is trying to do, and then you see. I mean, even guys like Stanhope who. Like uh, started to get, and you know, it's a it's an opinion that goes back and forth. I know personally, I felt on a couple albums he started to get too ranty, yeah. and uh, there weren't enough, you know, enough of the jokes in there. And then he came back with like beer hall push, and you know, there's yeah. guys that are really good at reinventing themselves. So we are now sounding the bill. So brought to you by Denny's. Hey, uh, are you into harassing a girl named Candace this week? Please come into Denny's and give her uh, all your money. Yeah, she's <laughs> uh. <laughs> Don't even order. Just put money on the table. She's uh, very cute, has glasses, it's and a great hilarious. smile that we're trying to turn into a scowl. So. Exactly. Everybody loves Candace. Everybody. Yeah. She's the greatest waitress. Probably yeah, one of the best Denny's waitresses I've ever. We, we have She's going to be the CEO of Denny's one day. She's definitely the best Denny's waitress I've seen tonight. We, we eat at a lot of diners as as. As, as comedians working on the road once in a while. You, you, you end up eating at a lot of... of other, of, uh, of diners at one in the morning. All other comics make fun of us for eating as as many diners as we do yeah, yeah, per week. Like yeah. it's yes, it's insane. Comedy's making me fat and sad. I'm proud of my uh, <laughs> of my diner track record. Next time you're in Seattle, go check out uh, if it's still open. Check out Hurricane. Hurricane. Okay. Yes, it's a it's a diner in downtown Seattle. It, it's like if you took a a, a, a trucker diner yeah. from. From the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. put it in the middle of Seattle, and then have uh, Marilyn Manson puke on it. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Seattle, book us. I have a place I can stay up there. How about that? Uh, yeah. t- t- talk to uh, Dave Dennison at the Laugh Stop. At the Laugh Stop? Okay. Mm. All right. Dave Dennison. <laughs> All right, Dave. You're going to hear from me. Or is it the Laugh Spot? I'm the Laugh Spot in Kirkland. I'm going to Facebook you, Dave. Yep, there you go. And then Twitter you, and then Instagram, and then and then 
I don't know. And then that stock. I love Dave. I, I, I wasn't, I, I, at first he didn't remember me the last time I went up there to, to visit. I just got a couple you. of brothers. I, I, you know, I stand out. You do. Rick Kunkler didn't remember me. You're a tall fella. But Rick. then again, everybody in Seattle is tall. Mm. That, is a, that is a state of lumberjacks. Uh, yeah, that's true. Big tall dudes. And, and plaid. Plaid shirts. Yeah, even even the rock stars wear plaid shirts just like the lumberjacks. Like you, you seriously, you're, you're walking around and you're like, hipster lumberjack, I can't tell. Like you really sure. can't tell. You, you have to get close to them and see if there's okay, dirt here, on Okay, here's the difference. If they're a lumberjack, the beard is, manic- is, is well maintained. If they're a hipster, they just kind of let it go. Yeah. You would think it would be the other way around. No, no you wouldn't actually. Uh, the the lumberjack. Well, uh, the has, lumberjack is a person who actually takes pride in their work. Yes. So. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It's difference. Total difference. You know, uh, if if hipsters hate everything once everyone else, uh, uh, you know, once once it gets old, you know, they only want the, the new stuff. They, they start hating everything once it gets old. Do they hate themselves after ten minutes too? What if what if men what if men just want a fancy fashion? What if it's just time? Men want to be fancy. No, I don't, I don't want so. dudes in dad jeans. The, a man who wants to be fancy will will be a fop like a, 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 a middle ages aristocrat. I'm a, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of there being a face bush that lets me know that underneath there's a pussy. There you so, go. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. All right. Well, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> so do I. And you've been awesome. Remember, yeah. eat at Denny's. Eat at Denny's. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Send think, me a link, and I will put it on my Facebook page. Cool. And uh, it. Uh, well, you know, I, I I don't even remember where we were at at this point, but I guess we're gonna go ahead and stop the podcast now. <laughs> Gotta be. Um, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks thank for having you. us, Shaty. Uh, high five. Woo. Up top. I hope you um, heard that. Do you uh, do you have any plugs you want to do before we uh, before we go? I have a podcast. It's called Twelve Questions. Oh, cool. I ask people questions from a twelve step recovery standpoint. Um, we've been on hiatus because comedy is taking over my life also i want to do that podcast you do yeah i do that sounds like fun when next time i'm up here i'll do that i'll do that you'll see what the older version of this recorder looks like cool um and then we're doing the roast battle on uh february 16th check it out on periscope roast battle Mm -hmm. at roast battle and then uh you can check us out on uh, you check you find me on facebook twitter anna v is fun uh that's anna with two n's and Same then February 19th, uh, I'll be in Bakersfield, if you're in the area, Woo! at uh, the uh, the bank uh, uh, lounge, I think that's what it is, uh, with uh, my friend Tom Goss, Boom. and that'll be fun. And also, just send me fucking money. Just, just, send, just send me money. If you want to send anybody money, yeah. send it to myself or Nick, mm-hmm. Candace. Mm. And uh, I'm J.T. Foreman. I host the open mic at Grog's at Willow Knees in Fresno every Monday night at 5.30. Come check it out. And, uh, um, you know, join me at the open mic at Mother Mary's every Thursday night at 7.30 also. Uh, Say hi to Danny Mitch while you're there. Um, I'm J.T. Foreman. Yay! Yay! Okay. Uh, Big shout out to Danny Mitch. I'm J.T. Foreman. I am here with Nick Petrillo. Yep. And Anna Valenzuela. You got it right! Yeah! We are the Bitter Comics, and I will talk at you next week. Woo! Woo! Peace. Yeah, yeah.
wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.